Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. and nine. Welcome to week 41, counting week 41 of Shock Sports Radio. Alongside of me is nobody, it's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. As always, you can tune in using your Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and or Spotify app. And please check us out on Twitter at SSR2019 underscore and on Shock Sports Radio Facebook page. Thank you all for taking another dive into the tank tonight. Now that teams have locked in their 53-player personnel, I guess it's safe to say the season has arrived. Uh, Tonight, I predict who will win the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, along with Comeback Player of the Year as well. And then we will also get into and break down the AFC West and NFC West, respectively. Now let's get it started. MVP in my eyes goes to Justin Herbert. It's just too much offense. It's not the toughest division uh, defensively. He won't have Aaron Rodgers type of numbers like 48 and 5, but he will have 42 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. Uh, Last season, the Chargers were ranked 5th in points per game at 27.8 and 4th for passing yards with 390 yards per game. So I'm looking at the opponents in that division. And without a doubt, they're going to have to put up many points. I think even higher than 27.8. I think around the 32 mark. Uh, And that's not to say that they have to put up those points. But there's going to be high-power offenses. You know, Denver Broncos got a good offense now with Russell Wilson in the show, which we'll get to. And uh, the Raiders have Derek Carr and... Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. So I look at Justin Herbert in the perfect position. He has arsenal weapons like Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They got a lot of guys you know, to, to plug and play. They got, uh, I think it's Payton. So they can work their magic offensively without a doubt. And again, if I'm the LA Chargers, I'm looking at 27.8 points and I'm thinking higher. Offensive play of the year, Derrick Henry in my eyes. Without A.J. Brown, he's going to have to be the guy in the offense. He's going to have to develop that balance throughout the course of play. That is without a doubt. They have Traylon Burks. They have uh, Robert Woods. They have a decent amount of talent, but they don't have the guys that can ultimately you know, put you in playoff contention. But Derrick Henry, he was injured. He was banged up. He only played eight games last year, but he still had 937 yards and 10 touchdowns. 937 yards and 10 touchdowns in eight games. You could easily see him surpassing 1,500 rushing yards along with 16 TDs, 
without a doubt. This guy's a beast. He's a mammoth. There's a reason why I picked him up in fantasy is because he is going to get the ball arguably 20 to 25 touches, maybe even 30 touches a game. He's going to have to uh, for Ryan Tannehill to, to develop that, uh, that balance. Defensive player of the year, in my mind, is Aaron Donald. It's an easy pick for me. Um, Donald's a beast in the middle. He, he was thinking about retirement, pulled it away, and he decided to def- possibly defend the title. Um, offensive line in Seattle and Arizona is not good, and they had to play those teams twice. Rams, on the other hand, do have the second hardest schedule in all of football, but he will counter with uh, an impressive year. I think 10 sacks, which is startling for a defensive tackle, uh, eight forced fumbles, and a whole lot of total tackles for loss. Um, I just think this guy in the middle, he's going to uh, rekindle the light in regards to the Rams having a successful season. I think, you know, Sean McVay is putting pieces together and ultimately make this work. So I can see Aaron Donald being defensive player of the year. Coach of the year, my, my eyes is, is newcomer uh, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams. He's now coach of the Vikings. They were ranked 25th overall in the league with a 41.6% of their offensive plays. 41.6% of their offensive plays, which is ranked 25th in the league. That is startling. With what they have in place with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, they got a whole bunch of other company involved. I want to see this team thrive at the highest mark with Kirk Cousins under center because they're more than capable of doing way more in that offense. And Kevin O'Connell has this team excited because he's an offensive-minded guy. Uh, shout out to any New England Patriots fans. He was a backup quarterback for Brady in years past. So he is a guy that sees the game differently. You look at the division with the, the Vikings, it's not the most difficult. They got Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay. And Green Bay is without Devontae Adams now. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers is made of. But again, looking at Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings as coach of the year. Comeback player of the year, baby. Baker Mayfield, Carolina Panthers. That's right. I'm buying into the hype. Here's the thing. Mayfield thrives with good running game and quick throws. He's got Christian McCaffrey alongside of him. Chupa Hubbard as a really good third down back for insurance. They added LaVisca Chennault to an already decently equipped wide receiver in core, whether that's DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and compliments to my brother on this one is, is Shai Smith. They can really make some noise in the South. I mean, how can you not you know, predict Baker Mayfield to lead this team in success? And I think this perfect offensive scheme with Matt Rule, I, I think he's going to thrive in this system and ultimately make the, the backs a part of his game, which... If you look back, I believe it was a couple years ago, I think it was 2018, when Baker Mayfield took the Browns um, close to the playoffs, they had they had the ability to get there. He just made a really terrible throw, but they had Jarvis Landry. They had Odell Beckham Jr. You know, they had uh, David Njoku. They had, um, they, they had a lot of decent pieces. Offensive line was healthy. Uh, defense, they were incredible. Um, but again, looking at Baker Mayfield and trying to lead this team the right way, this is how you do it. You put backs around him that are elusive and able to do different things and block for him. And also you get guys running down sideline like DJ Moore. I mean, he's a threat, whether you like it or not, he's a threat. Um, he's definitely a top tier wide receiver in this game. 
Um, offensive rookie of the year, in my mind, is Drake London. Want productivity? Look at this guy. Watch him catch as many balls as possible. He'll, he'll catch as many balls as possible thrown his way. 88 catches in his final year at USC. I expect Mariota to look his way all the time, or uh, Desmond Ryder. If he gets a look, he's going to be looking at him a ton. And here's the reason why. Kyle Pitts, you got to take work off of his plate. He's going to have to do too much. With Calvin Ridley out with his gambling suspension for the 2022 season, it's bound to happen. He's got to thrive. Drake London has to be the go-to guy from a wide receiving perspective. He can get in between the numbers. He can you know, run downfield and catch 50-50 balls. And Arthur Lynch is going to have to put something together you know, to, to make this work. Otherwise, you know, he could be on the hot seat if, if his team doesn't thrive. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jordan Davis. Has anyone seen this guy? I mean, my goodness, this dude is built 6'6", 340. Absolute mammoth. No better way to learn, too, uh, to play bully ball in the trenches with um, Fletcher Cox. What a great mentor that is to have on his side. Now, the Eagles have the second easiest schedule. I laugh because I feel so bad for these offensive linemen that are going to have to go up against these guys. These are dudes that don't play around. They are going to wreck you. They are going to find ways to find tackles for loss, force fumbles, knock the ball out find ways to cause havoc to the quarterback. And whoever that quarterback is under center, they're going to have a tough time going up against these guys. So just to recap, again, MVP is Justin Herbert. Offensive player of the year is Derrick Henry. Defensive player of the year is Aaron Donald. Coach of the year is Kevin O'Connell. Comeback player of the year, Baker Mayfield. Offensive rookie of the year, Drake London. And defensive rookie of the year, Jordan Davis. Now let's get into the AFC West and NFC West because my oh my is one division greater than the other. LA Chargers, they are going to be a force in the AFC. They will. They have such good offensive weapons. And Justin Herbert, I hate to say this, I hate to say this with the passion, he could be the best quarterback to come out of the Tua Tungvaloa draft. He could. Tua's got a lot to show this year, and trust me, I'm giving him a, a shot of opportunity with a new offensive line, new weapons, running game. We talked about it last week. He's going to have to thrive. Justin Herbert, this dude comes ready to play. He does. You know, he finds a way to make things happen. And it's not even the offense. I talked about the offense with Justin Herbert possibly going, getting to the MVP, uh, you know, contention. It's more about their defense. Does anybody know? Khalil Mack is with the Chargers. J.C. Jackson, he's banged up. He's going to get back. Derwin James. Man, they got some, they got some animals. Bosa. I mean, come on. It's really, really hard to not pick the Chargers. The Chargers are going to be 13-4 and four in that division. And Brandon Staley has this team hitting on all cylinders offensive and defensively. He's putting together a great staff. It's all about camaraderie, chemistry, you know, having that connection with Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, and Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, the offensive line healthy. Austin Eckler needs to stay healthy, but don't sleep on Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. Um, but again, I think the Chargers have the ability to own that division. 
Denver Broncos is second in line for me. They hop over the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver Broncos, I feel like, have a different mindset now of Russell Wilson. And people could be like, oh, like, why would you put, you know, Denver Broncos over the Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders? Here's the reason. Their running game. Their running game is going to allow Russell Wilson to do what he does best. They have Melvin Gordon and they have Javante Williams. Javante Williams is a second-year running back out of UNC. He is going to be an 1,100-yard back, and I think Melvin Gordon will be in the 700-800 yard back. But they're ultimately going to develop again. I talk about it week in and week out because it's true. It's the balance of the offensive game. If you don't have a balance, you're one-dimensional. You're one-dimensional. you got to cr- get creative and you got to find a way. Russell Wilson was at his best when Chris Carson was at his best. When Marshawn Lynch was at his best. I look at Russell Wilson in a perf- perfect world right now. Gary Judy and Cortland side on the outside. Like I said, those two backs. And then the defense. Like I said before, I don't think the Denver Broncos are, you know, top 10 in the NFL defensively, but they're going to be in the middle of the pack. You know, they're probably going to be 14, 15 ranked. But Bradley Chubb and Patrick Sertain and uh, the second, they have a lot of different capabilities in order to make this work. And they have a new coach, the Green Bay system. So I look at the Denver Broncos as being a true threat to the Chargers, but I think Nathan Hackett and company have the capability of giving the Chargers a run for their money. The Kansas City Chiefs, my eyes, fall three. Now, here's the reason why. I don't care what anybody says. Tyree Kill is a, an incredible, incredible wide receiver. He is fast. He can catch balls. He's so elusive. He can cut in between the the cornerbacks. Like, he can find a way to make things happen. Patrick Mahomes is going to have a tough time. And I don't think people really truly look at this. I think he's going to have a really tough time. I think they go 10-7. and It's not out of the norm. Their defense is not good. Tony Spagliano, you know, shout out to him with Springfield College, but they're not putting the right personnel around him in order to be successful. But I think they, they ultimately need help in the offensive game. So I look at the Kansas City Chiefs taking a major step back, regardless of Travis Kelsey, regardless of Patrick Mahomes trying to make it happen. Their next good wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster, who has not had a good couple of years, th- call it three years. And they have McCole Harbin. They got Pringle. They, they got decent guys. Let's not overrate them. They're going to be 10-7 and seven this year, without a doubt. 10-7, and seven, hands down, they have no, they just don't have it. Running game, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, like, can you re- really rely on him to be an over 1,000-yard back? I don't think so. He's not good enough in between the, the offensive tackles. I, I think Pacheco might, might take over his role. Pacheco in in, uh, the preseason, he might be a a nice utility knife for them to use. But when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they take a major step back. That's what I'm trying to get at. Andy Reid can do what he wants with that offense, but they're going to struggle defensively, and they just don't have the improvisation wide receiver like Tyreek Hill with speed in order to make that happen. Raiders, in my eyes, are 10-7, and here's the biggest reason. 
Josh McDaniels will have a scar on his back until he can prove he can be a, an NFL head coach in this league. Coach for the Denver Broncos. He, he's had little glimpses of hope. And he also coached the Rams way back when. But I look at Josh McDaniels as the product on the field with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Josh McDaniels, he did have a great, great career with Tom Brady on the center. But this is no Tom Brady. Derek Carr is a different animal. He's a different guy. He's a different dude. He can throw the ball differently. But he's not going to do a lot of checkdowns. He's not going to do what what Josh McDaniels' offense should be doing. They're overhyped right now. I think people look at the names and they get excited. It's like Devontae Adams. They got Darren Waller. They got Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs. That's all great and dandy, but you got to go out and play the football. And I hate to like, you know, have a downer, but uh, sharp football analysts, their strength of schedule, they, they, they have the Raiders at eight and a half wins. I have them at 10 and seven. I think they tie with the Chiefs. That connection between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr can be really, really good. It can be. But what do you have besides those two? Does Darren Waller, you know, step up from his, you know, down year? He's more than capable of doing more. Defensively, will they get Chandler Jones? I mean, I just look at this team and there's so many questions, so many hurdles. Is it going to be glyphs and glamour in you know Las Vegas? Hands down, yes, of course. You know, it's the empire, it's the evil empire. Like they're they're trying to put that in their purpose, in their motives. They have to put the product on the field. So to recap, the Chargers won, Broncos two, Chiefs three, Raiders four. NFC West, they are going to win that division. Eleven and six. I think the loss of Odell Beckham Jr. And Robert Woods is going to hit them slightly because Matthew Stafford had a really good comfortability with those two guys. Now he's got Allen Robinson. Let's, let's see what he can do. Obviously, we all know what Cooper Cup is made of. He is special. He's going to develop. He's going to be incredible year in and year out until he quits. He reminds me of... A rich man's Julian Edelman, which Julian Edelman did a lot for the Patriots, and he found ways to win them ball games. And Cooper Cup is doing exactly that, but stepping it up a notch. I think Cam Akers, I, I think he's going to be okay. He's not the, going to be the greatest. I think Henderson might take that job. Higby, he's a good tight end. So I, I think the division's open for teams to... You know, make some noise, but I just don't think the teams are good enough in that division in order for, you know, the Rams to really get scared. And that's just by the product of the off, the offseason. Arizona Cardinals. They're going to have a learning curve with Kyle Murray and Cliff Kingsbury still. DeAndre Hopkins is out because of PEDs. He's suspended for what? Six games, eight games. I think if you look at the big picture with the Cardinals, they have an arsenal of weapons to make it kind of work. And they got Hollywood Brown now in the mix, you know, uh, Kyla Murray's teammate in Oklahoma. They can find ways to win games, but I have them at 10 and 7 
which is not a bad record because they do have the power in the offensive side. But again, you're losing Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is now in Miami. You know, they still got Zach Ertz and they still have James Conner. Makeshift offensive line, not the best offensive line, a decent offensive line. But Kyler Murray can use his feet too. So that's like the biggest thing is, you know, when you look at the NFC West, you can't really find a guy like Kyler Murray that can use his feet. So Kyler Murray might win games with his feet. And I think the Arizona Cardinals, again, do they sniff the Rams? Sure. I mean, Rams are 11-6. I have them. And then the Cardinals are at 10-7. I think right there, defensively too, they got worse because of Chandler Jones. They just uh, cut Kennard. They, they have a lot of question marks, obviously, conflicts going on, on the defensive side of the ball. San Francisco 49ers. I want to get into this because I think it's imperative for people to realize that Trey Lance is special. He's going to be good. This year, he's going to have to learn repetitions, the schemes that uh, Kyle Shanahan places out there. Their offense can be good. They got rid of Mostert, but they still have Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle. They have Debo Samuel, who is just a threat in different ways, whether that's running the ball, which I know he doesn't want to do that anymore. He's come out publicly and said he's not into being a running back slash wide receiver type of guy, which in my eyes, I can understand why, because they don't really truly uh, exist in the NFL. Sometimes when you look at like a unicorn way with a player of his caliber, his ability to find yards down the field, you know, find balls to, you know, catch 50-50 balls with Trey Lance. It can get overlooked, but like Brandon Ayuk is a nice little talent that they have. They got a great offensive line head by Trent Williams. Trey Lance is going to have a decent year. I had them at 9-8 only because they did get rid of some weapons. I think defensively, they're always going to be in conversation. D'Amico Ryans is an incredible, intelligent coach to have on your side of the football, defensive side of the football. He's going to have that team ready week in and week out. But again, it's going to rely on Trey Lance. If Trey Lance can have you know, a first year like Mahomes did when he took center, my oh my, watch out. But I think in my eyes, it's going to take a little bit more time for Trey Lance to develop. Seattle Seahawks, I have in last. Pete Carroll, I feel for him. He goes from Russell Wilson to Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Yuck. Absolute garbage. I hate to say it, but they're not good offensively with those two guys. They got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Kenneth Walker, who who may get some time. Uh, Rashad Penny, they might split carries. And they got Noah Fant from the trade with uh, the Russell Wilson to Denver trade. Carroll, you know, being so old... Being so experienced, I think it's just time to like kind of dwindle his, his coaching clock. There's so many question marks. Like There's so much work to be done on the offensive line. There's so much work to be done in the secondary. I can't even name one guy besides, sorry, Jamal Adams in the secondary. So I just look at the Seattle Seahawks as you know, a, a team that will get a top five pick. In the NFL draft, I can say with confidence right now, they might even scratch five and twelve. They, I just don't have too much faith in them. I and I, I hope Drew Locke, you know, does well. 
Geno Smith, we always know what he's capable of doing, being a journeyman quarterback. He throws the ball away in the worst spots. He's not a smart quarterback. He says he learned from Russell Wilson. People, come on, Geno Smith hasn't. It's a Byron Leftwich type of situation late in his career. It's time for him to realize that, you know, maybe take a coaching job with, with Pete Carroll next year and have run Drew Locke or I think they got Eason, you know, under center as well. Ultimately, I don't think the Seahawks have it again. I, I think Pete Carroll is going to have a tough time. And at his age, I just don't think it's a healthy thing for him to endure that. Hope for uh, the LA Rams sake. They find a way to win games, you know, with Matthew Stafford playing the correct type of way of football with Sean McVay. And so I have the Rams at one. I have the Arizona Cardinals at two. San Francisco 49ers at three. And then Seattle Seahawks in the basement. And with that, we will discuss the AFC North and NFC North next week. Tune in.